This podcast is powered by Masterpiece Kingdom Brands. Today's episode is brought to you by Brave by Faith Travel. Hi, everyone. Today's podcast, we will have a conversation with Alex Zerdowski. And Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, brother. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, Alex, it is our honor to talk to you today. And our listeners are very excited to hear about your story. Alex is a missionary and he is currently in Zanzibar. That's amazing that we get to actually talk to him in the mission field. So Alex, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? Yeah, thank you. I was born actually in Russia and grew up in Germany. So I consider myself more German than Russian. And then a couple of years ago, God gave me a call to go to the nations. I embraced this call. It was nine years ago. So I embraced it. And now for the last two years, I've been full-time living in Tanzania. Zanzibar is also part of Tanzania. And now I'm here serving the people, preaching the gospel and seeing people being touched by the presence of God. Wow, amazing. How do you wrap your head for somebody who hasn't been outside of their own country? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like these two worlds are so different in a lot of things. So what does it feel like? Yeah, I would say, especially if you have never left your own country, you think that the way you live is the only way that life may work. <laughs> but coming to a different country, for example, for me, like Tanzania, it's a completely different culture. People have different values. So for me, especially with a German culture, <laughs> coming into a African culture, you have a lot of very different values that, you know, you kind of hit it against each other. And I think sometimes you have to actually learn what it means, you know, to adjust yourself to someone else. And then deal, you know, with time, you know, the understanding of time is different. (laughs) And, you know, how you treat relationships is different. Sometimes, you know, people just knock on your door, even before telling you that they're coming. (laughs) And then, you know, they expect you to welcome them. (laughs) So, yeah, you have those different things. But it's also a beautiful thing, you know, to learn a different culture and to live in a different country. And just learn that life can be different, but still it's good, you know. So that's what I'm learning here. That's that's really cool. You said earlier that you heard God call you like nine years ago. Uh, honestly, a lot of people in business or, you know, mm-hmm. just the young people, I get that question a lot. Like, how do you actually hear the voice of God? And I mean, that was nine years ago. So you were a little bit younger than first, you know, if you can just share the story, how God spoke to you and what made you feel that it was really God, that it wasn't just like a spur mm. of a moment? You know, I think when we talk about the voice of God, many times people think that it's something methodical, you know, like, oh, it's something very technical <laughs> and that you have like five keys to hear God's voice. And, you know, you, you have a lot of books, you know, that have a title like this. But I think hearing God's voice starts actually, and it ends with relationship. I think the key is really pursuing the heart of God, pursuing Him. And, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So it's not something that it should be mystical, (laughs) you know, like many times we Mm, make it, mm. but it's actually something very natural. And my story is actually a really beautiful illustration, I would say, of 
this trip. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I was in a Bible school and there was a lady, she was pretty old, <laughs> 92 years old. She was a missionary her whole life and she was carrying a lot of authority. So I was listening very carefully to what she was saying. And I remember she said, you know, prayer is not a monologue, prayer is a dialogue. And that changed oh. my whole life. You know, I thought if I pray, I just say, God, what I want to say, and then, you know, I'll leave the room. <laughs> but then she said, hey, when you finish speaking, you know, just stop for, for a moment and say, God, now I'm listening, speak. And, and I said to myself, if this lady says that God can speak to me, so I'm going to listen, you know, like I'm going to wait for God to speak to me. And I remember going to my room and I had 15 minutes of prayer time. <laughs> and I remember saying, okay, 10 minutes. I'm going to pray the way I know it. And then for five minutes, I'm going to listen. So 10 minutes went by pretty fast. And then I stopped and started listening and I couldn't hear anything. So I just, and you know, like when you become quiet, like a lot of thoughts coming to your mind. So I remember like just feeling so many thoughts coming in my mind, but as I persevered, I said like, I'm going to keep doing this until I hear God. I remember just after a month, something shifted in my room. And I remember just me realizing 15 minutes, it's not enough for me to be in prayer. I have to have more time. So I started spending half an hour and then I started spending one hour, you know, without hearing God, like without realizing like what I'm experiencing. And looking back now, I actually realized that God was building relationship with me. So what I was sensing in, in the room was his presence. <laughs> and I was getting comfortable to how it feels like to be in his presence before he even ever spoke to me. And then after another month or so, I'm praying again and I hear God speak. <laughs> and, you know, I can try to explain to you how it was, but I knew something inside me was so strongly, like almost like a voice so strongly speaking to me. And, you know, he, he was asking me a question, Alex, do you want to be happy? And I remember saying like, God, <laughs> Of course, do I want to be happy? You know, in this moment, I didn't even question if it was God or not. Like, I knew it was Him. And I remember just saying, yes, I want to be happy. And then you said, if you want to be happy, you have to do my will. I want you to go to the nations and share with people about who I am. So that's how it started, you know, with my journey. And a couple of weeks later, I went on my first mission trip to Tanzania. And you know what's interesting in that story, especially in your experience, because that sort of conversation with God or relationship with God in that moment that you were describing just now, it can happen to everyone. I mean, the question is, do you want to be happy? I mean, I feel like everybody is that, but I think what makes it different and more, you know, is that the intentionality of actually, as what you said, like it's a dialogue more than it's not a monologue. And I think a lot of people miss that, especially in the mm -hmm. noisy world that we have today. What has been very, very challenging in this path that you chose, like it's not, mm -hmm. I would say it's not a mainstream, you know, like when you're in school and people ask you, what do you want to become when you grow up? I have never heard a child said, I want to be a missionary. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. something that you don't hear normally, but then that's why I think there is a, a special calling on that. So what is mm -hmm. one of the challenges that you go through? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think, like I said, it's, it's not very easy, I guess, to answer this question to say, like, there's like one challenge. I think there were different challenges coming my way. But I think, and I would put this maybe more generally speaking, everyone who receives a call from God will face opposition and misunderstanding from people. And I think, especially with what I would say with my calling to be a missionary or go, going to the nations, you know, especially to Africa. And people consider Africa to be dangerous. You know, when you think about Africa, you think about poverty, especially if you think about missionaries, you think like these people are poor, you know, they struggle all the time. So there was a lot of opposition, especially also from family and people that were close to me, not, not understanding like, why are you doing this? And why are you giving up your career? I was pursuing another career. And like, why are you doing all those things to go to a country? And you, you know, you can do all of these things here in Germany. I think just having all those voices that you actually also want to listen to, but to be actually faithful to what you heard from God. So and keep pursuing this calling that I received. And I would say it's a more like a general thing that everyone can experience receiving a calling. But I would say that was a challenge, especially in the beginning. And then also, I would say not feeling qualified, not feeling ready. And just, you know, it feels like it's so much, you know, and coming into a nation like this, you see so many needs and just sometimes feel overwhelmed of like the need that you see and then comparing yourself and saying, why God, why do they face what they face and why not me? <laughs> why do I have a better life? Seemingly, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would say the challenges were for me more internally than externally. That's a very, very good point. I think everybody can relate to that. It's almost like we discount ourselves already from the blessing, the feeling of being, am I really qualified to do this? Do I really have what it takes? I think that's a real, real struggle. And I love that you said that there's a lot of opposition in the beginning. And I think that makes you even more courageous, right? Don't you think so? Because it challenges what you heard. Do you feel that you have more conviction or does it add more to your fear? Of course, it's a moment of testing, right? And you test like, have I heard from God? <laughs> you know, so first of all, you know, I think you, you really challenge yourself with the question, have I heard from God? And then it makes you actually after you persevere, I guess, it makes you more confident in your calling and in what you heard. I think you're right saying that it makes you actually more confident saying, like, yes, I mean, I heard from God, like, and I'm going to pursue this. You know, especially my journey, I was pursuing actually people of authority and asking them, like, hey, do you think I heard from God? And then I remember one incident, there was a pastor, I didn't know him. And because I was like detached from a church after my first trip to Tanzania, and I had no one to go to. I heard about this pastor and said, like, I want to go to this pastor and speak to him and just ask, hey, like, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> And I remember like going to his office and then sharing my story. And he tells me, Alex, you did not hear from God. And then he starts explaining to me how someone is called to be a minister. And then in my heart, everything said, no, he's wrong. <laughs> like he is wrong. And I did not feel like I was rebellious. Maybe he thought I was rebellious, but I felt like he is speaking from a human experience. Like he's speaking from a experience that he had. And then I went back into my prayer room and I said, God, like you have to confirm this. And then he kept confirming. 
And I knew like, hey, I heard correctly, you know. And now today, you know, I can prove, you know, like I heard from God. <laughs> That's a tough one, especially, you know, with the people who are in authority. And I mean, I can only imagine what a shock it was. But again, that, that makes you even more convicted with what you believe and you've pursued. Yeah. I think there is a similarity in mission and also in sort of like pursuing one's passion in business or, you know, brand building. I think I personally experienced, you know, volunteering and being in the mission field. And, you know, it's not like we have all the money in the world already. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like we were born with so much money that you can just go anywhere you want. And normally, I think it's also a fear of people who feel like called to something greater and that they always feel unequipped with the resources that they have. It can be financial, it can be support from family, it can be anything that will help them move to their dream. How did you mm -hmm. overcome those kind of, I wouldn't say insecurities, but maybe more concerns about your resources in pursuing something like this? Did you save up for like 10 years before? Not 10 years. It's ridiculous. You save for like more than a couple of times and then before doing it? Or you just, you know, you just went for it? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, you just mentioned entrepreneurship. And I think entrepreneurship and actually being a missionary and minister, it's, I would say it's probably the same job that we do, you know, in a different field. <laughs> I have a friend, you know, he says like, you know, even every entrepreneur needs to have a purpose while he does what he does. And then a true entrepreneur, he does not do what he does for finances. <laughs> you know, there's a greater purpose and an intention that he pursues. And that's basically what I do. Like I have a greater purpose in what I do. I'm not doing this because I like, you know, being in other nations. <laughs> and I think it starts with the, this conviction that you have, like there's a vision, like I'm pursuing a vision that, you know, I want to see something happening. And I believe with vision, uh, resources come. And for me, it was, okay, it's not about setting a budget and having this budget. It's about, hey, what do I need to reach the goal? <laughs> you know, what do I need to see this vision being fulfilled? And of course, it's about people, you know, and how can I reach the people that I want to reach? I think it starts with that. And of course, having a strategy, how do I get there? And for me... I'm not get, getting paid for what I'm doing. <laughs> it's all voluntarily work. And what I do is I share with people what I want to see being accomplished and ask them to partner with the vision, you know, and there were people and still are people who believe in what we do here and they're willing to sow and invest into me so that we will see a greater vision being fulfilled. And of course it was not easy in the beginning and I had challenges, you know, and I actually remember my first year, I would say like the second half of my first year, I had only hundred dollars a month to survive. So <laughs> I remember like I had one person giving me, you know, a hundred dollars. That's it. I had like someone, you know, allowing me to live with him and help with transportation, but I had hundred dollars to feed myself. <laughs> so that's what I had, you know, uh, but I stayed, you know, the course and I, I knew like, hey, I'm here because first I was called, you know, second, it's not about me. It's about seeing this vision fulfilled. 
So, yeah, and then, you know, God has been faithful and he has been providing and teaching me, of course, you know, how to do it better. And now I would say I have a lot of resources, you know, to move forward. Wow, that is incredible. And I think, you know, those moments we're in, we feel like we have nothing is even like a real, real testimony and just a real opportunity of how God can do what he says in the word that he is faithful. And again, thank you for sharing that. It's very inspiring. It, it is radical living by faith. And I think you're right. Like entrepreneurs, sometimes we see the vision and we, you know, we want to do everything to achieve that greater purpose in the vision. And that it was never, there's always going to be more vision than resource in then, every yeah. stage of life and season, right? I think what this special is really relying on the faithfulness of God in every season, whether you have more or less. That's cool. Alex, quickly, just for our listeners just to understand, what is it that a missionary like you does in a country like Tanzania? Like, how does it practically look like? And what are the cliches that people think that it's actually not true? So if you can just like talk us what your day looks like and how does it, how does that experience feel like? Man, that's a loaded question. I mean, I would say, first of all, it's very difficult right now to actually define missionary because so many people have different understandings of what a missionary should do. But I think like from the word missionary, you know, this word mission, <laughs> there's like a purpose of going and being sent as a missionary you're sent to fulfill a mission so what is the mission you know when we think about mission it's like we think about the great commission of jesus you know or matthew so the purpose of what i do is actually bring people into a revelation of christ so that's the purpose we carry the revelation of who christ is and we take it to places where we go for me personally my mission is we go into remote places in Tanzania. Many times I'm the first foreigner that goes to those places, the first white person that they may have ever seen. And I carry the message of the gospel and we preach the gospel. We disciple people. And of course we help if we can physically, we help them to have better lives. But I believe actually in the message of the gospel, it's already in there, you know, like the promise of provision. <laughs> so we teach people about their father in heaven so mm -hmm. that they can rely on him. I would say that's, you know, if you want to speak about it, like a missionary, what he does, that's what he does. And that's what I do, very generally speaking. I think a lot of misconceptions that people have is, especially about what a missionary is allowed to have or not have, <laughs> you know, many think, you know, mission needs to be poor, you know, like he is not allowed to have much. And, and I think that's a very strong misconception of like, mm, you know, of actual God, <laughs> you know, who God is to us. And so it's sometimes very difficult also to talk to people and to just explain to them like, Hey, you know, I don't feel like I'm poor, you know, <laughs> I actually feel like I'm doing okay. And I think, just people think we struggle all the time and that actually doing what we do is a sacrifice and naturally it may look like it's a sacrifice but actually it's a privilege <laughs> and i love what i do i love my life and i think you know many people especially this year before i went home people will tell me like oh finally you know you get home 
and you get to rest, <laughs> which I don't agree. You know, I'm obviously happy to get to see my family and friends, but it's not like I'm exhausted and I never get to rest. So I think the misconception is that people think when you're here as a missionary, you know, you're actually working all the time and you not get to enjoy the life that you have, uh, which I don't agree as well. So this is concerning, you know, like maybe of how we view missionaries, but I think also many times what I thought as a missionary, you go and you help people in their needs, which, you know, the Catholic Church does it like hugely. And, you know, they do amazing work of helping people humanitarily and helping, you know, in relief work. And I think that's something that people maybe think or do a lot is just, you know, help people, you know, feed the poor, which is many times also the case that we help with that. But it's not what a missionary does. A missionary takes the gospel and brings the gospel to the people wherever they are. I know it's a kind of, you know, lengthy answer to your question, but I think, yeah, it's not the goal. It's the tool that we use to you know, compassion. When you love people, you help them wherever you can. But the goal is for them to encounter Jesus. Yeah, but, you know, you also ask, you know, how does my day-to-day -day look like? And to be honest with you, I don't have like a day-to-day -day structure <laughs> because <laughs> the nature of my work is that I'm traveling a lot and it's heavily relationship-based. So it's about building relationship with people and doing life with people and sharing with them, you know, about, you know, teaching them the gospel, teaching them biblical truths. So being there and just building the kingdom where we are, and it always looks different. When I'm home, you know, I get to rest, do also other things. But yeah, every week or every month may look a little bit different. Wow. That's amazing. Yes, that's true. It's more than just a sacrifice, it's a privilege. And what an honor that, you know, we get to do this on this side of eternity. And I think that's a very, very inspiring. And what you said that we're on a mission, it's from the word mission. We bring the gospel of Jesus in wherever we go, in any kind of sphere and atmosphere. And I think in being a missionary, being an entrepreneur, when your mindset is on a mission, then you're really going to uh, be more brave and more compassionate as well. And I think a lot of what you said can also be really relatable to entrepreneurship. And I think the mission field in the marketplace is also very important and rich, <laughs> ready for the harvest. But uh, <laughs> it's just that we need more workers in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can I maybe add something to bring those two worlds together, you know, especially because uh, I'm talking to you is, you know, there's a uh, a term that, you know, kind of developed more and more in the earth, like in the 60s, I believe. So, and they start using this word to define mission saying missio day. So it comes like from this Latin word, I believe that speaks, you know, God's mission. And I think we need to realize that it's not my mission. It's not my vision that I'm fulfilling. It's actually God's vision that I get to be part of. And my part is being here in Tanzania, right? And fulfilling God's mission here in Tanzania. But for someone who has a calling to be an entrepreneur, you know, or being anywhere in the marketplace, now he is still part of the Monsieur Day, fulfilling the mission of God. And for him, it's in a different place, but the same mission. <laughs> you see, it comes from him. We just get to steward wherever he sends us. And this is how we can bring those 
different worlds together is, is really it comes from him and we get to participate in that wherever we are amen to that brother amen to that that's absolutely true wow it has been very 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 incredible talking to you if somebody's interested to do missions what is your suggestion what they can do where should they go and somebody's also wanting to support uh, your cause and your missions there in Tanzania, where can they go? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so first of all, if you're really interested in missions and going you know, into the nations, spreading the gospel, I would say, you know, the question is, you know, always, you don't want to go alone. Who are you going with? And I would say it's always about like a great team. Like, you want to have great people around you. And I would say uh, the organization that I'm working with, it's an amazing team. Uh, it's called Overland Missions. We're based in the United States, but operating all around the world. So it's an amazing team, heavily focused on taking the gospel into remote places. So, you know, if we can just put the uh, website there, it's overlandmissions.com. And we have different options. You know, you can just do a short trip for two weeks and, you know, just minister to the people, or if you think like this is something that is something that you want to pursue for your life, we have a training, we call it AMT. It's a three-month training. You can do that and then be a career missionary, so to say. So yeah, if that's something you want to do, you can definitely also reach out to me. So I have a social media, Alexander Dordovsky. So you can find me there on YouTube. And yeah, of course, if you want to support this financially, you can go to overlandmissions.com slash donate slash Alexander Dordowski. And if we can also put the link there. But yeah, and of course, pray for me. Pray for what we do. And I think that's a very heavily needed part of ministries to have prayers. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Alex. We are so thankful for you thank you for sharing your story your journey thank you for inspiring us today and we honor and appreciate what you guys do there in tanzania and all over the world and yeah we'll continue cheering you on and thank you thank you very much thank you brother love what you do love your heart and keep going thank you thank you thank you guys thank you for listening and um, we'll see you in the next week's episode thanks for tuning in this episode was brought to you by Brave by Faith Travels.